All right. Um, listen, I, I want to be honest with you for just a moment. Um, the uh, so we're we're gonna have kind of a little brief message, um, and 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 then we'll go have our snowball fight. But there's a a sense that I I was kind of in the middle of like, okay, man, we got one more shot till we're we got Christmas break, and then we're off for a few weeks. What I want to share with these students, and to be honest with you, it's not really a Christmas message. Um, but sometimes you just got to kind of go where the Lord leads. And so I hope you'll kind of track with me. First of all, real quick, if I can just say, if you're in the room and Christmas isn't perfect, welcome to the club. If you're in the room and maybe things at home aren't perfect in the Christmas season, welcome to the club. And if you're in the room and maybe something has happened to kind of make you question God's even existence uh, in this season, uh, welcome to the club. Uh, what we said kind of at the beginning of the series was just that um, it's not perfect. Uh, no one's Christian journey is perfect. Um, and rarely, as you grow up, rarely will you have a Christmas season where everything just hits perfectly. Um, that's not to say, like, oh, man, this is really kind of a downer. Like, here's the thing. Christmas is fun, right? We'll have some fun moments. We'll have some kind of some, like, less than fun moments. There's some moments on Christmas break that you find yourself. This is, by the way, your parents' worst nightmare, um, is after Christmas, like maybe even on Christmas Day, and you walk up to your parents, you say, I'm bored. This is like the worst moment uh, of all time for parents. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I literally just spent all that money on all these gifts, and you're going to tell me, like, I'm, I'm bored, you know? Um, but, like, there's moments where, yeah, like, yeah, like you're bored. Or there's moments where maybe things aren't, aren't so perfect. And I, and I want you to, can we just put the phones away? Probably that'd be, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, it would be great if, if we could just all get around this idea in this room that, uh, if things aren't perfect in your world, I don't ever want you to come into this room where we act like everything's pretty and everything's perfect. And, and if we just sing the right songs or read the right verse that we'll start to feel better. Like t- sometimes, Sometimes times are tough. And I want this to be a student ministry, if I can just say it this way, and then I'll move on. I want this to be a student ministry where you feel um, free at home and welcome to express that from time to time. There's times where sometimes I see you guys, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I got a high five or whatever, and you're like, hey, it's, it's all right. And I just want you to know that's okay. Yeah, it's absolutely okay. Every time you want to come in here and you just want to say, like, hey, it's actually been kind of a tough week. Like, I hope that this is a place where you can come and just kind of relax a little bit, be encouraged, maybe see some friends, uh, and learn something a little bit about God. Because Christmas can be messy. Okay, now, the non-Christmas version of this story. Um, there's a moment that uh, a lot of Christians are familiar with in, in the Gospels where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And, and we've, we've probably talked about this. A lot, of, a lot of us have learned. In fact, I was with the middle school guys this last Sunday, and we talked about the miracles that happened in the Bible uh, just briefly. And we talked about how Jesus feeds the 5,000 with these, like, these just few fishes and loaves, right? This, this is a, a total miracle that, that, that Jesus sees happen. I don't want to talk about the miracle. I want to talk about kind of the conversation after the miracle. Because... Jesus does this huge, huge monumental miracle. I mean, we say 5,000, but if you've been around church circles for long enough, you know that this is probably, they were counting the men, just kind of standards of how things went back then. There was probably another like 5,000 women and maybe however many children. Could be 10,000. Might have been 15, 20, 25,000 people in the area that were hungry and in need of food. And Jesus saw this moment 
And as he, he guided his disciples and he said, what do you guys think we should do? And they're like, well, I mean, we could go to the store, but do we have enough money for 5,000, 20,000 people? And, uh, and it quickly became this moment where Jesus was like, all right, we're going to do something really, really fun. And he's inviting his disciples to be a part of this. So he feeds them, and it's awesome, and everyone goes home fed. And, and then the, the, the story doesn't stop, because then after that, Jesus is actually going to end up meeting his disciples on the water that night uh, in the middle, like he kind of comes to them. And, and so these things happen real fast. There's never really much break for Jesus. Like he's, people follow him around. So this is exactly what happens. The very next day after he feeds all these 5,000 or 20,000, whatever the number is, uh, these people are like, that was insane. Do it again. Like, we want to see this. Like, this is crazy. And, and we might do that, you know? It's like when you get excited about something, uh, maybe you start to track it. Maybe you start to subscribe. Maybe you start to follow. And so that's what these people were doing. And so he feeds the 5,000. He walks on water. And verse 22 of this is not going to be on the screen. I'm just kind of going off the top of the dome, to be honest with you. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're like seeking him out. They're like trying to find Jesus. Okay? They're trying to find Jesus. And then this conversation happens. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs. Let me, let me translate that real quick. You're seeking me, not because you saw signs or like a miracle, but because you ate your fill of, of your loaves. And there's a little bit of what he's saying is here like, do you guys just want to eat again? Do you guys want me to do like, yeah, okay, do the trick and feed us all again. It's a party all over again. Like sometimes you're like, man, it would be cool just to rehearse that all over again. That's what he's saying. You're not coming here because of me. You're coming here because you ate your fill of the works. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that, etern- that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. They're still a little kind of like confused. So they say, what must we do to be doing the works of God? I even, I'm even reading this, okay? So they're saying, well, okay, so what do we got to do if, like, if we want to do miracles like that? What, what does it got to take? Do I got to pay money? Do I got to go to church? Do I have to like re- recite some sort of statement or saying? And he's saying, no, 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 like you, you, have, you have completely missed it. And here's, here's what he says. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Can I just, I just want that to sink in. Because a lot of times, as teenagers, when someone teaches you the Bible, and they teach you the Bible again and again and again, there's a lot of different things in the Bible, and we get some different mixed signals and so sometimes we walk away with this, like, so you're telling me I've got to, like, behave, right? Okay, cool. Okay, so you're telling me that I've got to, like, read my Bible more? Uh, okay, okay, okay. So you're telling me that i got to go to camp, that i got to do this, that i got to share the gospel with my friend? You know, there's all these different things going on. And here's what he says. If you want to know what I care about, this is what, what Jesus is saying. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now, there's a little bit of Christmas message in that. 
There's a little bit of Christmas because we're talking about Jesus was sent. He was born as a baby. We celebrate him in that way right now. But in this moment, right, full-grown adult Jesus is doing some work, and, and he's, he's telling them that we ought to believe in him. And I don't ever want to, you to get the wrong idea. Okay, so track with me real quick. Sometimes you get the idea that you need to go to church so you can be right with God. Sometimes you get the idea that you got to follow these steps. Track with me, guys. Track with me. We're here. We're here. We're here. Okay. That, that we've got to do all these things. We've got to obey. That we've got to, like, please our parents or our pastors or our small group leaders and things like that. That is not. That's not it. Rules that, that parents and pastors and teachers set is fine. Okay. But, but your work. Right is to believe in whom God sent. And that's Jesus. He goes on. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Uh, middle school or boys, didn't we talk about this Sunday morning? What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? Okay, this is, this is the Son of God standing right in front of him saying like, okay, so like, I want you to believe in me, right? This is all, this is all, this is all you have to do is just believe. Just put your trust and your faith in me, the Son of God. And so what do they do? They say, like, do another trick for us, and then we'll believe. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. Please listen to this, okay? All the miracles in the Bible, anything special that you've ever seen that sometimes we attribute to a human, right? That's my hero. That's my teacher. That's my counselor. That's my friend. That's my whatever. All that's good. But here's what he's saying. It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's going to go on. And he's going to talk about how he is the bread. And by that, he means he is all the food that you ever need to consume and make you satisfied. He is the living water that you need to drink and never thirst again. He is the door. He's the good shepherd. Listen, I just want you to hear this with all of my heart. that Jesus is the only thing you need in this life. Now, here's what's troubling we put our faith in Jesus, and we kind of get the get-out-of-hell-free card, right? And then we're like, oh, I guess we fixed, like, everything, right? Like, everything's great. I have some friends right now that are going through some stuff, and they would say, like, man, I put my faith in Jesus, and I don't understand. Like, I thought he was supposed to fix my problems. I thought my family was supposed to stay together. I thought we were supposed to be taken care of. I thought we were supposed to have everything we need. I thought I wasn't going to go through these emotional distress moments. I thought I wasn't going to have anxiety or mental health issues because like, I thought God saved me from all that. And if I can just tell you something that's really, really difficult and, and, and you're just going to have to hear me and trust me, okay? Because I'm going to give you some difficult news. The good news of Jesus being born is so, so good because it solves your real, your really like your only basic need. Your only basic need. Now we know we have needs of food and water and shelter and clothes. And then you have like relationship needs and you need to get 
Good grades on school, and you need to get all these kinds of things. So we start to blossom out our ideas of what our needs are. And what we start to do, track with me here, listen, we start to actually say, well, this is happening in my life, therefore God must not love me. You may have thought that before. I've thought that before. God, I thought you were going to take me through this. God, I thought you were going to fix these problems for me. Why did this person abandon me? Why did this person talk behind my back? Why am I going through all these problems? And you know what Jesus is constantly saying? I am the bread from heaven. I'm all you need. I'm all you need. And constantly when we learn about the Holy Spirit on the back end of the Gospels and in the book of Acts, and really all through the New Testament, The Holy Spirit's job is to comfort you when you walk through hard times. So if I can just tell you, so this is like upper level youth ministry teaching right now, okay? I want to kind of elevate your thought process right now. The reason Christmas matters so much is because up until that moment, right? Jesus comes in this point. Up until that moment, there's all these people like, when's the Messiah coming? When's the Messiah coming? Because you know what they were well acquainted with? is things aren't fixed for us yet. They still had the sacrificial system. They still had to like do like a bunch of really important rules in the Old Testament and all that kind of stuff. It was always built on faith in God. I don't want you to get twisted. But the thing is, they were looking forward to this like coming Messiah, and they're like, this matters so much. And so when he came, yeah, it mattered. And then the announcement, we talked about this in week one, the announcement came to who? The shepherds, the outcasts, the ones who were like cast out, not even allowed in kind of the greater temple area. And my favorite verse in Luke 2, my favorite verse in Luke 2, if we can just put it up on the screen, is that this is good news of great joy that will be for all people. Luke 2, verse 10. This verse changes my understanding of Christmas and it changes my understanding of Christianity. So if you're, if you're in the room right now and you struggle with Christianity, you struggle with your belief in God, let me just tell you, the birth of Jesus Christ is your main solution. Well, Mark, you don't understand. I got finals I'm nervous about. That's secondary, third, fourth. Like, that's, that's way, way down. Well, now you don't understand. Like, I got all this stuff I'm worried about. Here's the deal. Jesus says, you place your faith in me, I'm all you need. I'm the bread from heaven. I'm the living water. I'm all you need. There's a moment on the back end of this. I'm going to be real honest with you. Had a, had, a, had a day the other day that I needed to kind of escape from life. And I took a walk. And I was listening to an audio book. A guy named Dane Ortland wrote a book called Gentle and Lowly. And he talked about this promise of God in John, this is why this is very real. This is like my devotion. Sometimes I like plan teaching series and like I'm kind of walking away from the series because this mattered so much to me the other day. And this is the last thing I want to share with you. John chapter 6, verse 38. No, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Well, I thought God was angry. I thought Christians were judgmental. No. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we are. You know why? Because we're sinners. Right? We're sinners. 
I hope this never becomes a youth ministry where we're like, oh, no, 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 you can't come into this youth ministry. We're, this is for the clean people, right? This is for the people that got our stuff together. Ain't none of us, listen to me, ain't none of us got our stuff together. And all of us need this moment right here to hear Jesus say, in no way will I ever cast you out. That means you. That means people that you get frustrated with. It means people that you think don't deserve Jesus. They don't. They don't. None of us deserve Jesus. But you know what Jesus says? Come on. I hope that for this very last moment that we have together, before Christmas break and all that, that you hear this very, very clear message. That this offer of, of Jesus to come and to believe in him, is everything. And we get distracted by all this stuff in life, whether it's Christmas or, or any other season, right? We get distracted by everything life has to offer. But if I can just be as clear as possible, if you have never put your faith in Jesus, it's as simple as just coming to him in prayer. You could do it right now. You could do it in your bedroom. You could do it in your car. You could do it on Sunday. It's a simple prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. I want to put my faith in you. I believe that you're the son of God and that you died on the cross in my place for my sins. I want to place my faith in you. It's not those words. It's not those words. It's the faith in your heart that you put in him. And when you begin to follow him, and you know what he says? I will never cast you out. I will never cast you out. And bow your heads for just a moment. To be honest with you right now, um, this is a time where a lot of people expect, oh, okay, so he's going to ask us if we want to raise our hands and, and walk up and maybe fill out a card or whatever. I'm way more interested, just everyone with your, your eyes closed, adults, students, everyone. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I really just want you to make a bold decision for yourself. Okay? If you're the kind of person in here who's been walking away from Jesus, walking a different path, walking your own path, and you just need to lay your weapons down and put your faith in Jesus tonight, I'm going to give you like 30 seconds of just silence, and we're all going to be silent. You can kind of breathe a, press, uh, breathe a prayer to yourself. All eyes are closed. I really just want this to be kind of a moment for you. And then if you choose to share that with me, I would love to help give you some next steps. Truly, baptism is like the next step to like share with the church. But we don't have to do that Sunday. We don't have to do that this week. I just want to help. I just want to, I just want to help. I'm going to give you kind of 30 seconds of silence. If you want to breathe kind of a prayer like I, I offered earlier, that's it's on you. I'm not going to have you do anything, stand up, whatever. This is just you and God. Heavenly Father, for those that just placed their faith in you just in that moment, there are angels celebrating. 
right? And just like the story of the son who ran away and spent all his father's inheritance money but then came home, Lord, there's celebration. This isn't really even just about Christmas. This isn't just celebrating a birth. This is celebrating God putting on flesh to come and rescue us. I pray that we wouldn't be distracted by everything that this earth is offering us, Lord, other than just you. Other than just you. Let us not be focused on the miracles. Let us be focused on the God of the miracles. Let us not be focused on the decorations and the gifts. Let us be focused on the reason we celebrate, which is the birth of our Savior. And if there's anyone who put their faith in you tonight, I pray that they would walk up and have a conversation with me so that we could, we could guide them through that. Lord, we love you and we give you praise this evening. It's in your name we pray. Amen.